West Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You know, you can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. Why, it's freer than socks for Christmas. If you're a dad, then you know. If you know, you know. Every year we wait and wait and wait to get some new socks. Can't buy them any other time of the year. My Christmas socks this year, President socks, you know, with the faces of the presidents on them. Abraham Lincoln, Kennedy. Yeah, it's a real thing. But you don't need to wait until next year. You can go ahead and get the apps today. You can get those anytime, just like you could go buy socks anytime, but you don't. It's not like eating turkey only on Thanksgiving. We don't eat it any other time during the year. How is everybody doing today? I hope this podcast finds you blessed and highly favored. Not highly flavored. That's what one of my children would always say. I'm blessed and highly flavored. Well, thanks for taking time to listen to the podcast. I apologize. The busyness of the holiday season kept me from doing the podcast for two weeks. I don't think I've ever taken two weeks off of doing the podcast, and I didn't mean to this time, but we also just finished our ninth annual winter summit meetings. Those will be on here soon. I will make some podcasts out of those for you when we are done with this series, most likely. And uh, I got engaged on Christmas Day, so I've been a little bit busy, but here I am back in the saddle. Studio B. Uh, I hope you remember that we've been in a very powerful series titled Passing the Test. And we've discovered that there are tests that every man, every woman, every child will go through in life. We don't like tests, but that's because we've been told wrong. We've been led to believe that the tests that we go through, all these things that God is causing in our life, like sickness, diseases, pains, major life-altering issues, you know, like loved ones dying or poverty and on and on, and that's just not true. There's no scripture to back up that idea that God is causing allowing, making, approving of, commissioning sickness, diseases, pains in our life. None. That's doctrine, man's personal experiences. It's not Bible. But back to my point, there are some tests that we will go through, and and these tests, well, they're a must in your life. If you ever want to get to where God is calling you to be, there are, best I can tell, there are 10 tests that we will go through to fulfill the destiny that God has for our lives. And we're looking at these tests through the story of Joseph, and this week, We are looking at the prosperity tests. We all take this test. So we started with the pride test. God gives you that dream, that destiny, and how you handle that in the beginning. And of course, by not getting into pride, that's what we were looking at. And then we saw the pit test. Those are the pitfalls that we can land in due to pride. But here's the thing. The pit is really a great learning place to be because it's here that we can stop and we can see what might have gone wrong. We can learn how to miss that next pit or at least how to get out quicker. And that pit was actually a blessing because they were going to murder Joseph and God saved his life in that pit. So don't always think that the pit is just a bad thing. It can be a a good preserving learning place for you. And then the palace. And again, I I really believe the the palace to be a dangerous place uh, because it sure beats the pit 
And it's here that we can often let our guard down. So we need to be aware um, uh, of that. Then, of course, we know we went to the purity test that we will, be, we will be challenged with what is grabbing your attention. Now that I'm in the palace and things seem to be going good, don't get distracted or caught up. The prison test. What am I going to do in the hard times? How will I act when I've been accused and done wrong? What will I do with the call and the destiny? What will I do? How, how, what will I do when I'm even in the prison while I still steward the call? Then it was the prophetic test. What about what it is that God said about you? Will I, will I take my word, that prophecy, and place it against God's word to see if it's real, to test the prophecy against the word of God? Because no prophecy will be greater than the word of God. And today, the prosperity test. This is a test that we really, if you think about it, we go through this test often. Really, we could say weekly. Who will you honor with your finances? Oh boy, here we go. Preacher going to start talking about money and tithing. And well, Donnie, tithing was animals and fruit in the Bible. And we don't need to tithe. And Creflo Dollar came out and he said he was wrong about tithing. So see, we don't need to. And Benny Hinn said he was wrong about prosperity, that prosperity gospel. So see, they're all waking up. No, listen, you're not hearing what they're saying. They said they were mistaken about how they preached it. They didn't say it was wrong. They said they were wrong. They were incorrect in their theology about how to approach this message. Because friends, there's a real prosperity message in the Bible that does work. And we're going to be tested in this by what we do with the first portion that leaves your bank account. This is old as it gets to see in the Bible. We can see it all throughout the Old Testament. We can see Jesus speaking about things like the widow's might. And that's what I want to say right here. We don't need to get religious with anything. It's all about the heart anyway. All of this is going to be about the heart and being led as God would lead you, even in your finances, and how you will give towards particular ministries, ministers, or anything else that God is leading you to give towards for the furtherance of the gospel. I know I can tell you right now, I have a worldwide television program, and if it weren't for the people giving, the message is free. The airtime is not. The production is not. But here's the other thing. I don't sell stuff on my program. I don't ask for money. I allow God to lead people to give. And then it's up to them to follow his leading on what and when and how. But don't try to tell me that we don't need to give. This is a big test because, boy, you want to see where people's hearts are at? Let's start talking about money. I'm going to go out on a limb here and bet that this podcast won't be listened to as much as the other ones because of this topic. People get so weird about money. But there is a test, and it is the prosperity test. Pharaoh had two dreams, and he dreamt the first one that there were seven fat cows that came out of a river, then seven lean cows that followed them, and the seven lean ones ate up the seven fat ones. Then he woke up alarmed at what he had just saw. Well, he went back to sleep, and then he saw seven good, healthy heads of grain in a sheave, and then a stalk with seven blighted heads, and the seven blighted heads ate the seven good heads of grain, and then he woke up. So he called all of his wise men to see if they could interpret it. Nobody could. So he calls Joseph to see if he could, and he did. We're going to have seven years of prosperity, seven years of famine. And the seven years of famine could eat up the seven years of prosperity. You, you, they may not even be remembered because of how bad it might get. So here's the plan. We pick up in Genesis 41, verses 33 through 36. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and a wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of all the land of Egypt 
in the seven plentiful years and let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land in the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. Seems wise enough. Now, here we go. Here's where people are going to get all kinds of messed up and bent up. Malachi 3, 8 through 11. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor the vine fail to bear fruit in your field, says the Lord of hosts. Now that's Bible, right? So listen to me. I know this to be truth. I know people that are under a curse. God is not cursing you. It's your choice that's cursing you. We live in a cursed world, a fallen world, and God is looking to bring your finances out from under that curse in the same way he does your health. We live in a fallen world, so sickness and disease should not surprise us, but God is always looking to bring us up from under that curse of this world, and God is setting up a way for you to give so that you can redeem your finances from under that curse. You are under a curse, but if you'll bring that tithe under the storehouse, right? Don't get hung up on the word tithe. If you'll bring that tithe, and again, I say, it's got to be from the heart. Then God said, I will open up the windows of heaven, and I will pour out a blessing that you can't even contain. Now, will God do that or not? Can he do that? Do you believe that scripture as much as you believe the other ones? Do you believe that he wants to do that for you? That he never wanted you in lack? He never wanted you in poverty. He didn't want you living week to week and stressed out about how I'm just going to pay my bills how I'm going to get new shoes for Susie and a coat for Timmy and still put food on the table. I'm not talking about mansions and new cars and $10,000 suits and airplanes. I'm talking about God meeting your needs and blessing you abundantly because he is an abundant God. Do you believe that's true? And he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I know this for a fact as I've listened to those and know those who do give and those who won't give. Those who I know who give will tell me we're so blessed. You won't believe how God met that need and on and on. We're blessed. Non-givers, well, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to give. Listen, you will never be able to afford to give until you give. I know, but I'm telling you it's the truth. God wants to meet the needs and bless you. And yes, I'm not talking about fruits and veggies and a lamb. I I suppose that should go for the same for those that argue this all the time. Well, that was grains and animals and fruits. That's what I've heard people say. Well, Donnie, they were given, you know, animals and fruits and grains. Okay, then that's all you should be asking God to give you when you need something from him, right? Well, I need gas in my car, Lord, so I'm asking for a basket of fruit so I can pay it at the gas station. Let's see how that goes. Well, I need groceries, Lord, so send me a harvest of grain so I can go trade them. Lord, my electric bill is way bigger than I thought. Just send me that ram, Lord, see how long you got lights. Shouldn't even be an issue just because some have abused it. We know that. You know that. But just because it was abused doesn't mean that there's not still a very real principle in the Bible about this. People are under a curse because they don't give. Now, there are many reasons why people say they don't. Well, I'm on a fixed income. Well, you know what? So was my mama. You know, as she got a little bit older, she was on on a fixed income, and she always gave as God had led her to do, and she was blessed. 
I'm talking blessed, blessed in ways you can't imagine, not based off of her fixed income and not based off of the government. This kind of given is what's going to break that curse. Listen, I know this as many of you. I, I was just about to get ahead and now my car is in the shop. Always seems to be something. I was just getting some money in the bank for the first time and the air went out in the house, right? The devourer is alive and people, he's coming for you. He's always trying to come for you and he's going to nickel and dime you to death. God says, hey, give and I'll rebuke that devourer. Guys, that's a good deal. Exodus 13, we know Joseph did this. Genesis 47 and verse 26. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt on this day that Pharaoh should have one fifth except for the land of the priest only, which did not become Pharaoh's. So we see Joseph saying, yes, be a good steward, but also, hey, this belongs to God over here. Pharaoh doesn't get that part. This belongs to God and has to be set apart. Exodus 13 and verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of a man and a beast, it is mine. Then you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you will break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Now notice this. He said, if you don't, you're going to break its neck. What was he saying? He's saying you're going to lose what you were trying to hold on to anyway. You won't be able to keep it anyway. Listen, and catch what I'm saying, and judge what I'm saying to see if you think it's true. It's coming out of your finances either way. By, by you giving or the devourer is going to take it, but either way, right? You see that, right? It seems to go either way. So why not give it to God and allow God to do the best, right, that he's going to do, and, and, and allow God to do with the rest what we have left. I hope you understand. So 10%, right? That's, that's what we say, 10%. And the other 90 is, is blessed enough that it goes further than the 100% would, right? That you would have tried to hold on anyway. I hope that's coming across right because that's what it is. So let's talk about this. Number one, firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. That's what we just read. So how do you know if you sacrifice it or redeem it? Well, if it was a clean animal, it had to be sacrificed like that lamb. If it was unclean, an unclean animal, it had to be redeemed by the sacrifice of a clean one. This is so Old Testament. Yes, it is. I know. Stay with me. If you had an animal and it was clean, it had to be sacrificed. If you had an unclean animal, it had to be redeemed by the sacrifice of a clean one. Now, know this. Everything in the Bible points to Jesus, right? So let me ask you this. Were you born clean or unclean? You were unclean because we were born into sin. You were born with a sin nature. Let me prove it to you. Did you have to teach your children to be bad or, and have bad behavior, or did it just come naturally? So, so we were all born unclean. So was Jesus born clean or unclean? Well, we know he was clean. And the clean had to be sacrificed so the unclean could be redeemed because God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. And Jesus is what? He's the firstborn among many brethren. So the firstborn clean had to be sacrificed so that the firstborn unclean could be redeemed. So many people can, they, they just cannot stand the word tithing, tithe, tithing. They talk against it. They hate it. I mean, post something on Facebook right now about it and watch what takes place from the church people, not the world, but the believers. Listen, we're talking about Jesus. And let me say this in a way that may shock some of you. Jesus is God's tithe. He gave, he gave the tithe first 
and in faith. God didn't say, uh, wait until your sheep had 10 lambs and then give me one. No, he said, you give me the first one. And, and, and when all you got is a promise to come of more, and you're going to give me that first one, and, and you're just going to have a promise. So this is why I can say you'll be blessed because it's all about the principle of faith. It is, it is faith that pleases God, and it takes faith to give that first one and not the last one. It's a faith principle. God gave Jesus first. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, did you ever catch that? God didn't wait to test the waters and say, well, let me see if I can maybe get a million people to sign on to this idea, and then I'll send my son. No, he sent him knowing that there would be some that would never. He gave Jesus first in faith, hoping that we would repent and turn to him. So the firstborn belongs to God. Number two, the first fruits must be offered. Exodus 23 and verse 19, the first of your first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now notice something here. Have you ever noticed how it, it does not say give it, but rather bring it? Have you ever noticed that? You know why? Because they understood that you cannot give what does not belong to you. You think about that. Bring it to the house of the Lord, it says. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And all the drinkers said amen. Have you ever thought about this? Why did God ask for all the silver and the gold from Jericho? Remember when they conquered and they're going into the promised land and he said, you bring all that silver and all that gold into the house of the Lord. It's consecrated. It's set apart for the house of the Lord. You know why? Because Jericho was the first city. He was saying, you give me the first and the rest is going to be blessed. He didn't say, well, go conquer 10 cities and then see what you got left over. See if there's anything to give me. And then once you see what you got, he said, give me that first one and the rest is going to be redeemed. And we can see this all throughout the Bible. Why did God accept Abel's offering and not Cain? If you understand firstborn and first fruits, then you understand it. Firstborn belongs to God. First fruits belong to God. Genesis 4, 3 through 5, and in the process of time. Wait a minute, when? Not in the beginning. It, it came to pass whenever he felt like doing it, that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock to their, uh, and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he didn't respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Simple. God didn't respect the second place. God is higher than all, he's above all, and he's first of all. God is first. When, when you give God an offering that's not first, well, what do we see here? This is why you have to give with purpose on purpose and not out of necessity. It's a hard issue. So many of us are waiting to give what God asked us to give in the process of time. Well, we'll see. Let me see if I can sell this first. Let me see how the bills are going to go. Let me see how this is going to go and that. And maybe that bonus will come through. And then I'll give what I want to give when I want to give it. Well, the curse is still out there. God accepts the first. Number three, the tithe must be first. I, I can already hear the religious people right now sharpening their tongues out there. Leviticus 27 and verse 30, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. It's set apart for the Lord. So don't leave that sitting in your account. Give it to the Lord. See, I have no problem talking about this because my track record is good and easy enough for you all to see throughout our ministry. We have hundreds of, well, probably at this point, thousands of videos and TV shows out there now. So I'm not money hungry. I'm not driving fancy sports cars, living in a mansion, taking lavish vacations and, you know, and, and taking the last 10 minutes of my TV show to sell you something or beg you for money. No, I like vacations and I want a Dodge Challenger Hellcat. I do. 
I like a nice house. And guess what? So do you. But what I'm saying is, all the old excuses for you saying, I'm not tithing, I'm not giving, it's garbage. Just don't give to them then. But you'll give to someone. And that's what I'm saying. Who's feeding you? What's the storehouse that's feeding you? See, I can't say, well, you have to give to your church or that church or the other church specifically. But if you're sitting and feeding weekly off of somebody in some place, well, then they're feeding into you. That's your storehouse that you can give back unto. So firstborn belongs to God. First fruits belong to God. The tithe belongs to God. That's what I just read in my Bible. So let's say you own a construction company and you come and you say, okay, here's, here's what this, that, and the other is going to cost. So here's my material list, right? Here's, here's my stuff. And uh, this is the pricing of all that you wanted. This is what the material is going to cost. The labor is going to cost this much to build it. And so this is, just so you know, this is what my profit will be off of this job. Let's, I'm going to make $10,000. That's all my profit after paying employees, getting materials ordered, drawing the plans, all that. I'll make ten grand, okay? Income. That's, that's my income. So you agree and you pay all the expenses and the labor and it comes down to me and I have $10,000 in my hand. So two things, 10000 And so what do we say in the tithe? 10%, right? So how much are you going to give? You're, you're going to give $1,000. So stick with me. You, you have 9000 left. But which thousand is the tithe? It's the first thousand that leaves your hand. It has the blessing on it that has the redemptive power to redeem the other 9000 from out of under that curse so that it will go further than the 10 ever would have gone. I'm telling you, it works. It does. But some will say, well, wait a minute now. I need that 1000 for the house payment and 500 for groceries and 500 for insurance. And we've got that gas bill and we got that bill to the hospital and Christmas is coming and I, I can't afford to give. Not this time. Not this time. So, I mean, I mean, here's 25 bucks. I mean, because I'm given something. I, I mean, I know I'm supposed to. So, listen, that's not biblical. You think about this. You gave the first fruits to the mortgage company? Well, they don't have the power to bless you. You know that's the truth. No, you give to God first. Now, the other nine is blessed. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm about the least legalistic about this because in the end, here's the deal. It's all about your heart. When you put God first in anything, including your finances, everything else will fall into place. Listen, being in ministry and having talked with people over the years, they want me to help them with the three, four, five, six. My health, my family, my finances, my job. You're asking me to help, help or others to help you get your life in order. Listen, nobody's going to help you get two, three, four, five, six in order if you won't put number one where it belongs because the devourer is waiting always to steal, to kill, to destroy. Put God first. It all lines up in order. Exodus 13, 14, so it shall be when the son asks you in time coming saying, what is this that you shall say to him by strength of the hand of, of the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I will sacrifice unto the Lord all the males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. So here's what he's saying. Imagine a child running up into the house, and he says, Dad, the sheep is having its firstborn lamb. Okay, great. So they go out. They all watch it. It's awesome. And the dad takes that lamb, and he cuts his throat and kills it. And the child's watching this, and he's saying, One day, son, as you get older, he, he's going he's gonna to notice you doing this with all the firstborn. And so he's going to come one day and ask you, why are you always killing the firstborn of these lambs? Why in the world would you do that? Aren't we supposed to be wanting them to live and give birth? I mean, that's how we make our living, Dad. Well, son, let me tell you something. We haven't always been in the ranching business, son. We used to be slaves. We didn't own any sheep. We didn't own any land. 
We were in bondage, but God with his mighty hand delivered us. Therefore, we gladly give to God the firstborn of all of our animals. This was written some 4,000 years ago. And I can tell you, I can testify to this. I remember telling my children, hey, your daddy wasn't always a Christian. (laughs) I was a very bad man in a lot of bondage. But by the mighty hand of God, he delivered me. Therefore, I have no problem. And with gladness, I give to God my first fruits. I'm always so thankful that the people and the ministers and the ministries were always able to do what they needed to do to be able to reach me. You, You get what I'm saying? I'm so thankful people sowed into them that they were able to do what they needed to do to be able to reach me. I've watched in my own family of ministers through the years, I've watched some of them struggle for many reasons, and I decided that's not going to be me. That's not going to be me. Never having enough, never having been able to reach or influence who we needed to to, and have that influence because of money. No, I'm going to give. I'm always going to give. And I know my God is faithful to do what he said that he will do. I I have never been able to outgive God. So listen, if you can't handle your money, you will never be able to handle your destiny. Psalm 37, 25 and 26. I was once young, but now I'm old. Not once have I found a lover of God forsaken by him, nor have any of their children gone hungry. Instead, I found the godly ones to be the generous ones who give freely to others. Their children are blessed and become a blessing. It's a test, people. Give to God what you know to give and stop living in fear and get over into faith. Come on, that's all it is. And listen, here's a little bit of insight for you. Do what God says to do. Don't worry about that preacher or that minister or that ministry or whoever's, what they're going to do with it. on you to give when and where and what God says. And believe me, he'll deal with the other side of it. You just be sure that you're obeying God by faith and you'll have no problem being blessed. And that devourer, he won't be able to affect you. Thanks for joining me today, the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Until next time. I'll be given my first fruits. Why? So I can continue to attempt, attempt the ridiculous and achieve the miraculous.